Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation. Welcome to the GPS Training Podcast. It's our 83rd episode. Again, I'm joined by Andy, our tech guy at GPS Training. Hiya, you all right? Yeah, very good. Sorry we missed last month's podcast. Do you realise, Andy, it's the first time we've not had a podcast <gasps> since our first ever one, which was in, in September 2017. We just had a, a manic few weeks, um, just to keep our excuses now. I was on holiday for a week. I came back and Andy went straight on holiday for 10 days. Um, we then rattled into moving offices. Um, we just completely got lost. Well, we were chasing our tails, but we just had, uh, sadly had no time to kind of put something together. But now we're in our new offices, our new recording studio. Well, it's really yep. a meeting store <laughs> training room, isn't it, Andy? It's going to be a bit sad, a bit different to have a, a different sound um, as well, because we've been in the um, the old offices from podcast number one, so it makes sound a little bit more, I don't know, echoey. Uh, I think it's because we've got a hard floor here rather than a carpeted tiled floor, mm-hmm. so you do get a little bit of an echo. So, yeah, we've got a new, new centre, uh, new offices, new training rooms, and... Uh, yeah, we set them up for our podcast. So, Andy, have you been up too much over the last two months? Lots oh, yeah, because we've been testing and... lots of new products, some which we're going to talk about today. So I've been doing some long training hikes for the summer event that we're both doing. So I've had some 26-mile event I've done, um, a couple of shorter ones. I've been testing a new brand of watches that we've got in, the Coros uh, watches. We've got the Apex 2 and Apex 2 Pro. So really just test them in readiness for talking about them in more detail in future podcasts and putting video guides together for our customers on how to use the Chorus watches. So that's been good. And also a couple of products that we're going to move on to shortly. I'll wait until you announce the the two new products, but a couple of new handheld devices I've been playing about with. One especially because I I purchased it for my own personal unit um, and that's had a good thorough test on some of these events I've been doing. You can tell when somebody produces a good product. So when I come back from my holidays, there's a note to my desk saying, John, I bought myself X, Y, and Z. And I went, oh, he must be impressed by, in this case, the new Garmin GPS Baptist 67. So that nicely moves on to what's in this month's podcast. We look at the all new Garmin GPS Map 67 and 67i. We also a quick look at the all-new Garmin eTrex SE. So three units have been launched by Garmin in the last couple of months. A quick update about the Motorola Defi, the budget satellite communicator. And then, as always, finally, we have Andy's top tips. So, without further ado, let's get on with this month's GPS training podcast. So the first thing on this month's GPS Train podcast is the all-new Garmin GPS Map 67 and 67i. So this replaces the GPS Map 66SR and now the GPS Map 66S. I actually only discovered that this morning that the 66S had been discontinued. I'm a bit shocked actually um, because um, I thought Garmin would keep that there as a unit that runs on AA batteries. Yeah, because some customers Because a, a lot of customers prefer that. <laughs> I actually, since I found that news out this morning, I actually spoke to one of the Garmin, well, the Garmin distributor and said, have you got any stock? And he said, yes, we've got stock on the shelf. So I've ring-fenced all the stocks. I still think it's a great unit. I think it's good value for money, the 66S. And um, yeah, so if you want one, grab one. And again, it, it's, um, yeah, it's a shame to see that go. 66SR, it's kind of an interesting upgrade, Andy, isn't it, really? Um, a few things have changed, but, but 
not a massive amount, yeah. is it? So what we've got really, with the new 67 range, that's replaced the 66, they've moved to just built-in battery. So we basically, I suppose you look at it, the 67 has replaced the 66S and the SR, and the 67i, which is the one with the in-reach and the SOS button, has replaced the 66i. The big change and the big difference is battery life on both units. So when we talk about the 66S, AA batteries, that's a AA battery unit. But if you looked at the 66i and 66SR units, now you put on the spot here, I can't remember the exact figures, but it was around 30, 35 yeah, hours. So 66, yeah, 66SR and 66i were 35 hours of battery. Yeah, I thought that was a, a, good, a good estimate. What we have a feeling, well, we know they must have done this. When you look at the 67 and the 67i, they're no weightier, they're no bigger. The casings look exactly the same. So from my understanding, I mean, I don't work for Garmin, I'm not an engineer for Garmin, but I don't think they've necessarily made the battery any bigger capacity. It's the clever electronics that draw less current from the battery. And the battery life we're now potentially getting, which I'll go into a bit more on my testing, what I've done with my 67i unit. But we're talking about a potential 180 hours with a 67 unit, 180 hours. Now, bear in mind, that's always quoted as GPS only. I will talk a little bit about that because I know some customers will come back and say, oh, I don't get the quoted figures, but you're using the multiband and dual frequency, which we're going to talk about when we go through the changes. But yeah, 180 hours with GPS only. And when we're looking at the 67i, now the figure the quote is 160 hours. A customer did query me the other day. Well, surely it's the same as the 67. But what they do with this, whenever they quote the figure with an in-reach device, so this is the device where you could have friends and family tracking you with the satellite, they assume you're going to do that. And they give you the, um, sorry, they quote the figure based on you with the unit doing 10-minute tracking. So family members could be tracking you every 10 minutes. That's why they give a figure of 160 hours. But I've got to be honest, I assume if you're not using the in-reach tracking, potentially with GPS only, it's going to be the same 180 hours. So that's the first big thing. It is. It's quite a summary, really. Because actually, do you know what? As, as with the 66S, we had like 8 to 10 hours of battery life, didn't we? We jumped up to the 66SR, 66i, 35 hours of battery life. We were massively impressed by that. So to jump up to this 180 hours, it's just it's just mind-blowing, isn't it, really? I don't need to get that 180 hours. I'm going to get people ringing me and say, i got 150, i got 140, I got, you know. <laughs> you've got to look at it in context of when someone gives you a figure, they don't put in the figures if you're in cold weather, if you're in hot weather, if you've got the screen brightness up full, if you've got it on multi Well, actually, no, Garmin do say standard mode, which is meant to mean GPS only. So you've got to take things in context, but I can give you a real genuine figure i know it's just based on me doing a, a long 27 28 mile event but just to put it in context i used the 67i a few weeks ago doing a mountain rescue challenge walk to raise money for mountain rescue 27 28 miles in horrendous conditions knee deep peat pog very very cold it was under freezing unit was on all the time doing this is the 67i i had 10 minute tracking so my wife was tracking where I was. I was following a route. So Garmin always just talk about the battery figure with just you doing the normal tracking for yourself, not in reach. So they don't mention about navigating a route. So I was navigating a route, in reach tracking, recording it for the GPS itself. Very cold. I did have to bring on the screen quite a bit because it was very, 
limited uh, view in front of you. The visibility was terrible. And I worked out at the end of that event, if I'd continued doing it for multiple days in the same conditions, potentially 135 to 140 hours. And I think that's impressive. I'm going to do 140 by 24. My maths aren't that good. There you are. It's just under six days of battery life. Non-stop. Non-stop. Yeah. So you would never, ever, even if you're doing an ultra event, which is the most extreme, you would have to sleep during that time. Yeah. So th- this, that's, and it charges so quick. Yeah. So uh, I spoke to someone this morning, actually said that straight away. So with that kind of battery life, you could just plug it in for half an hour before you go for your walk and suddenly you've got you no know, two days of battery life, couldn't you? So, so I think you've got to look, when Garmin quote that figure... So let's go at the 160 hours then for the inReach. That's with 10 minute tracking. And we just assume they're thinking average weather conditions, backlight not up too high, and you're not navigating a route. You're literally just using it for inReach tracking. So as soon as you go, right, I've got the backlight on a bit higher. Um, I'm bringing the screen on a lot more because it's horrible conditions. It's very cold. I mean, my unit at the end of that event, it was knee deep in peat bog. I had it on a waist strap. It was covered in mud and rain and everything, you know. You, you take that into context, I'm still very, very happy with what I would have expected if I'd continued that same event over multiple days. So, yeah, so that's the first, I mean, with the two units, that's the first big change. The big the first change is the battery life. Other changes in the units? Both of the units now are charged via a USB-C cable rather than a micro USB. And I think this is to do with an EU directive that's been around for a long time where they're trying to get all electronic manufacturers to use USB-C cables. Garmin have already started doing it in the InReach Mini 2, the InReach Messenger, that's got USB-C. So the cable you use to charge it is USB-C output, uh, so USB input into the device. Um, you, it comes with a standard um, USB uh, 3 cable, you know, like the normal A, yeah. it's A, isn't it, A we say. Um, I've noticed um, you can buy USB to C uh, to the USB-C on the Garmin. Nothing wrong if you want to buy another cable. Um, I think Garmin even sell that one. But the thing is, it's a fast charge on the device. I should I should have written this figure down, but I'm sure when I've charged mine from virtually down to 10%, it's only a couple of hours, maybe a little bit longer. I know it depends on the output of the plug you're using. I tend to use a 2,500 milliamp hour plug. So like you say, if you're doing a long event over many, many days, sometime during those few days, you're gonna, even when we do the Montaigne Spine, we're gonna stop for a couple of hours or a few hours for sleep. You'd plug the unit in and have it fully charged again. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the, the second change. Then the third and final change is? The third one's really more to do with the I version. So if we look at the 67 replacing the SR, the SR had what we call multiband and dual frequency. So we normally look at multiband now picking up more than a couple of sets of satellites, so picking up uh, potentially three sets of satellites. The dual frequency is really interesting. On dual frequency, if you look it up on the internet, we'll talk about bandwidths of L1 and L5 or E1 and E5 from the GPS satellites, the American and the Galileo. It's to do with rectifying and eyeing out potential irregularities from a signal that you receive because it's bounced off a building or a cliff or deep tree coverage. So the SR had that. The 67's got the multi um, sorry, the dual frequency, I'll still not confused. So this is the dual frequency where we pick up the E1 um, and E5 or L1 and L5. We've now got that on the 67i. And whereas the original 66i just picked up GPS and um, Galileo, we've now got the 67i picking up three sets of satellites. Now I'm actually just going to turn mine on because I think I've made a mistake on my little notes there. 
So from memory, the 67, that one is picking up GPS, Galileo and GLONASS. Now my little typo here, the 67i picks up GPS. Now I'm sure it's Galileo and Beidou instead of the GLONASS. I'm just gonna, I've actually got one turned on, so I might as well give you the figure now and I'll tell you what it is and then I'll just read that out again. It's interesting because the old 60, uh, the 60, uh, 66i before used to just be able to have GPS or GLONASS or GPS and Galileo. You could only yeah. choose the two. Well, like you had GPS and then you chose the other one that you want. So it's now quite interesting that we were always told it was they were unable to put um, the three ones into the area because we've got the Iridium, which is the two-way satellite communication. So it's quite interesting then in the in the next um yeah, a GPS unit we've now managed to put in more than two satellite yeah. systems into now, I'm going to mention something about the accuracy what I found because I think we worry too much about what they're picking yeah. up I think it's great they're picking up more than the one set of satellites so I made a mistake on my notes I'm pleased I didn't read that out I should know this off the top of my head because I've been using the 67i now for the last month but on my 67i so the European version I know versions you buy in Asia might be slightly different but the U European version bearing in mind I'm sitting inside a building now with a very limited view of the sky, I'm showing 11 foot accuracy. I'm picking up GPS, the American system, Galileo, the European, and I'm picking up Beidou, a new, I say a newer one called Beidou. So that's the three that we pick up on the 67i. The difference with the 67 is it drops the Beidou and picks up GLONASS instead. So the 67 is GPS. GLONASS and Galileo. The main thing for me is it's the GPS ones where I can see the dual frequency L1 and L5 and the Galileo ones I can see the E1 and E5. So both units are picking up those and that's where we get the dual frequency. And again, this all means just better accuracy. The dual frequency irons out potential irregularity, so irregular signals from bouncing off something, improves the accuracy and because both units are picking up three sets of satellites, I can tell you now on the 67i, once I did the first software update, 4.80, which came out a couple of weeks after it was launched, I'm seeing a steady, when I'm in the hills, I'm seeing a steady six foot, apologies, I'm working in feet instead of meters, that'll be 1.8 meters, I think, six foot accuracy all of the time when I'm outside with a clear view of the sky. It's amazing, really, so isn't really it? Happy yeah, with that. Yeah. It's very good. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, so the key things are we've got this fantastic battery life on it. We've got the um, USB-C, and as Andy says, now we're using the multiband and also the, the two um, satellite signals off each. Well, multiple satellite systems and the two uh, systems off each, isn't it? There's one other thing Garmin mentioned in the spec, but to be honest, they've just updated the software in the older 66i to work this way. But if, you'd, if we'd done this podcast a week ago, I would be telling you that the 66i didn't have this. If you have got the inReach version, the 67i now works with the, the newer, simpler um, messenger app that Garmin have. And that messenger app means if you send messages using, um, when you've got satellite, uh, so no mobile signal, it uses satellite. But if you've got mobile signal, it's very clever when it's paired with the app, instead of using up your satellite subscription, it sends them using normal mobile data. That came out from launch with the 67i, but the 66i and actually the, the Montana 700i's didn't have that, but they've just both had a recent software update. So actually the 66i, anyone who's got one, if you update the software and the 700i and 750i, they'll now work in that way as well with the new uh, the newer messenger app. Fantastic. 
So, yeah, we had a lot of people buying them, hugely popular GPS units, a lot of people even upgrading from 66 SRs when they saw that batch life. Key thing if you are buying a unit and you've not had one before is make sure you buy a bundle with the Ordnance Survey mapping if you're going to use it in this country because it comes preloaded with a topoactive mapping, which is Garmin's preloaded mapping. And then if you want some Ordnance Survey mapping, you do get it at a discount rate. So, for instance, the 1 to 50k mapping is normally £200 when you bet it in with your unit, you get it up from half price. The 1 to 25k, which also has the 1 to 50 and the one to 250k on you do get a discount rate so the price is 46999 for the basic unit 56999 with the 1 to 50k mapping and 75999 with 1 to 25k mapping for once we actually have stock at launch or a couple of days after launch we have plenty of stock we're holding a lot in stock because we're selling a lot of units so we do get if you do want get in touch with ourselves and um and you're just well you're the online resource you're starting to these the online resource if people don't know is the training course you get that alongside the online training course there's not a lot of changes in the videos but i know you're going to start working through those <laughs> yeah. next week aren't you there's not there's some of the menus have changed the titles slightly um the map menu i think is called map manager now when you tap the on-off button, you get some extra, I think we call them widgets, don't we? The little shortcuts that from memory weren't there on the 66. So I'm going to, what you'll find is we'll direct you to the videos that were initially titled 66, even though I have changed the heading. And what you'll find is when you log in to see an overview video in a few weeks time, there'll be an overview video for the 66. And then there'll be an overview video for the 67 where I show some of those slight changes. You might then go through the videos and actually not even realize that it's not a, a 67 because they all look the same on the case and and because the videos are going to be virtually the same for most functions and then suddenly you'll see a video where i maybe talk about the maps and there'll be the original video for the 66 and a new one for the 67 just because the menus changed for the map so there's not good it was when i say pointless i don't mean that to sound rude in any way to sit and do another 50 videos when 30 sorry 40 of those 50 videos would be exactly, exactly the same whichever unit you had so we're just going to refresh over the coming weeks which to be honest we waited a little bit because we know that garmin always bring out a software update when they first release an item so if i'd done the overview video two weeks ago it would now be wrong because one of the tips I'm going to talk about is added something new to these shortcuts, which we'll talk about on the tips, and that wasn't there two weeks ago. So Fantastic. Yeah. So to find out more about the Garmin GPS Maps 67 and 67i, please go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. Click on GPS Store on the top menu bar, then Handheld GPS Units. Next thing on this month's GPS Training Podcast is the Garmin eTrex SE. This is a completely different unit from Garmin. It kind of replaces the E-Trex 10 or the old E-Trex H. Well, it looks nothing, well, it, the, only, the, the only familiar thing is it's yellow. I was um, about to say that is yellow and black is the only thing this, that's the same. <laughs> other than that, it's completely different. It's actually so nice for Garmin to get a blank sheet of paper, throw away everything they've done in the past with the previous model that is replacing and say, right, what are we gonna do differently? Um, and there's a lot of changes. If people don't know, it's the black and white GPS unit from Garmin. It's coming in at £149.99. So it is that bottom end of the market. But saying that, again, we've been selling lots of it because it's packed full of features for not a lot of money. So 
Um, a few more uh, features and changes on this one, Andy. So what are the key features of the eTrex SE? So first thing I'd say about this SE, we look at it as a unit for someone who is potentially using an app on their phone for some mapping. It doesn't have colour maps, but you realise that your phone battery is going to go quickly if you're constantly following a map on your phone. So you maybe just bring up an app briefly to look at something, but you're using the device for the tracking your activity, getting a grid reference and putting a route on, even if it is just a black line to follow. Um, geocaching you know lots of other activities but just don't have a color map which is what keeps the price down but it's something with as i go through the features with an amazing battery life to have in your bag as backup for not a lot of cost you know um, so i'll just run any of you who's familiar with the original e-trex 10 it was a little yellow unit black and white screen um, you always needed a computer to use it. You could transfer routes to the unit using a computer, but you just followed them as a black line, which fair enough we do on this unit, but you had to have a computer. There was no features where you could connect it to a phone for anything extra. It was a very simple, basic unit, about £99. So for £50 extra, what are we getting? So I'll start at the top with my list. Multiband first, so the old unit picked up either um, GPS and GLONASS, and that was it. So, yes, two sets of satellites. This unit in one go picks up GPS, GLONASS, Galileo. We're throwing in a new one here that we haven't mentioned today QZSS, and the one called BEIDOU, B E I D O U. So, one, two, three, five sets of satellites. I've seen the accuracy on this one with a clear view of the sky, the same as. The multiband dual frequency i've seen it showing on the satellite page six foot accuracy hasn't got the dual band i'll be honest i haven't tested yet thoroughly in some deep tree coverage or you know ravines or anything but i could imagine it'll still be pretty good so it hasn't got the dual frequency where we take those two sets of signals if there's an error but it's got five sets of satellite so i think it's going to be very impressive i'm sitting in the building here now me and john are recording this with a very limited view of the sky and on the satellite page I'm showing now I've got this one in meters, not my normal feet. I'm showing 2.8 meters, you know, mm -hmm. but we're inside. Yeah. When I go outside, you'll see that drop down. So that's the first big change, the extra satellites. The big one for me then, I've got so many to talk about with this one, has got to be it has what we call connect features. So you can connect it to an app on a phone called the Garmin Explore app. This is the main app we're using. When you connect it to this app, it allows you to do quite a few things. So without a computer, using the app, you can import routes. GPX files is the format we use onto your phone using the Garmin Explore app. Send them to the unit without a computer. First Brilliant. thing. If you want to record an activity in the unit, you can sync it with the Explore app again. So rather than plugging into a computer and looking in... I suppose Basecamp software, you wouldn't see your track on a map because there's no map on the unit, but you could import it into a computer to view on another map and software. Don't need to do that. The Explore app will show you where you've walked if you record an activity. Brilliant. The Explore app will also allow you to do live geocaching. So if you're into geocaching, what we mean by live geocaching, as long as your phone's got mobile data and your GPS is paired with the Explore app, you're in a certain area. I've only done this once, so I'm, I'm a bit rusty with it. I'll have to practice a bit more as we do. I'll be doing some videos on geocaching for the SE. I haven't done the videos yet, but the initial uh, bit when I paired it and I went onto the geocaching, like some of the other colour units that do the live geocaching, it wants you to go to your geocaching account on your phone and type in a code that the GPS displays. And then when you're in an area, you just click a refresh button and it downloads the closest 10 geocaches to where you are and you move the map 
download another 10. I can't, it's not, it doesn't download as many in one go as the bigger sort of colour screen units. I will get those figures as we start playing about with it and obviously we'll talk about it again in the future. But basically you can get geocaches onto the unit without the need for a computer. You will still be able to plug it into a computer to send files to it, but you don't need a computer. So that's the second thing. Third thing, you can get weather data. So you can have a screen that displays the current weather. Again, it takes this data initially from the Explore app that's paired with your phone and weather data from your phone. So weather data. And the final one, all from just this one thing we're talking about because it's connected to an app on a phone. If someone was to phone you or send you a message, that alert will appear on the screen. I'm going to talk about that in a bit more detail when we do the tips later. So I will come back to that one. So that's the connected site. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because that's what we expect from a top-end GPS unit. You know, before you were up to a 66S Plus to, to utilise any of these facilities. Now we've got on the cheapest GPS unit from Garmin. Yeah, it's amazing. When it? We know people aren't using computers now. Oh, I've got, I've got this unit. I, I just want a budget unit as a bit of backup with a great satellite signal. Um, battery life, 168 hours. I'll come on to that in a second. And it's AA batteries as well. We must mention this. Yeah. It is AA batteries. batteries. 168 hours of battery. So you, you've got this backup unit, but you haven't got a computer. We don't all own computers now. So the fact you can put this app, I suppose, not just on a mobile phone, you could put the app on a tablet. Um, so yeah, we talked about the app, the live geocaching and all those features. The 168 hours battery, that'll be with GPS only. So bear in mind when it's got multi-band turned on, you're not necessarily going to get that. The only thing I always get a bit when Garmin give you a figure with batteries, but they don't tell you what batteries you're using. I think just common sense, good quality batteries. If you put your, your budget supermarket, a uh, couple of pounds for a pack of 10 batteries, they probably ain't going to last 168 hours. So decent quality rechargeables or alkaline or lithium, just decent branded batteries. Potentially, you're going to get that 168 hours. We'll have to do some more testing with the units. One, I haven't taken out on any long trips yet to see what we're going to get. Um, the next change, not as exciting for this unit, I think, because this is the type of unit where potentially you would not need to connect it to a computer because you're not charging it like a unit with built-in batteries. So you can't charge the batteries in it from a cable, but it has the USB-C cable. They're moving away from the, the micro or the mini USB that we had on the original E-Trex 10. But those of you who, um, I'll stick with a Windows computer initially. If you've got a Windows computer, you can connect it to your Windows computer using a USB-C um, to your Windows computer. It doesn't actually come with a cable, so this is telling you. We do stock USB-C cables in our store, but I think it's Garmin saying we expect this unit not to be used with a computer. But if you do have a Windows computer, you can connect it with um, by a USB to USB-C cable. If you owned a Mac computer, it uses a format now, a bit like the 67, where if you want the Mac to see it as a drive, you have to use a third-party program like Android File Transfer. But to be honest, I see um, Garmin is expecting this unit to be used with the Explore app. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah, it shows where it is. So the next things on it are the last um, couple of things I'm going to mention. It's got an electronic compass now. So it doesn't have the barometric uh, altimeter, but it will give you height data from GPS, which because of the multiband, we're finding that much more accurate now. But when you're standing still with the unit and you're on the compass screen, it will give you a bearing correctly, whereas on the old unit, you had to be moving for the electronic compass to work. And that means if you have got a route on the unit, we know it's just a black line in front of you, but whereas with the old unit, when you stood still, that black line would bounce around and you'd be, oh, which direction is it? This unit um, will 
point in the direction you're heading when you've got it set as track up and actually I did notice I haven't like so I haven't played him out with this one as much as the 67i but when you're navigating with it there was a simple pointer screen um where it was pointing to your next point in your tractor route but that's pointing the right way even when you're standing still because of the electronic compass very good and the final one is Garmin have put that they've got a higher contrast on the resolution on the screen. So when you've got it in bright sunlight, to be honest, the E-Trex 10 hour was found all right with the black and white screen, but this one is better. It's black and white, it's monochrome, but it is still sharper and clearer. When you've got sunlight on it, it's absolutely fine. So, um, and actually, you know what? I've just discovered two more things I wrote at the bottom. So these are honestly the last two. You can lock the buttons on it. It doesn't have a joystick like the E-Trex 10. I find it easier. It's got buttons on the side of it. It's a bit like the buttons we have on an InReach Mini 2, how you work it. But if you were accidentally worried about pressing buttons, which I find, to be honest, I think it's quite a hard press on the buttons. I was surprised to put a lock keys, but it has got a lock key. So you can set it so that you have to hold the button in to unlock the buttons to stop it being accidentally pressed. So that is definitely all of the features now. And if people, you mentioned the InReach Mini 2 there. If people have got an InReach Mini 2, the interface is very, very similar than what we see on the InReach Mini 2. It looks more like that than it does from an E-Trex 22X or 32. Yeah, it's got buttons you hold to get the shortcuts. And it's even like the watches even. It's got, but they call things glances and widgets. And as I hold one of the buttons in, I can scroll down and get the compass quickly, sunset, the weather data. It's even got some moon data. I didn't mention that. It shows you the first quarter of the moon we're in at the moment. So, and, and the, um, your notifications and things like that. So it's just got little shortcut menus, black and white. So yeah, we're not getting mapping on it, but you can load routes on it. You, I think for me, it's just the fact that it's really accurate on the GPS. You're getting a battery life, which is what, and if you just want to record, you might be someone who, a lot of people are recording activities on watches. If you're the sort of person who doesn't want that high-end GPS watch, but you want something where you can record a long event like a ultra event you've got something for an ultra event when rather than a watch you can just keep this strapped on your rucksack recording for 20 30 40 50 hours you know with a real accurate accurate recording and it actually has the start and stop where you can pause the record and stop i didn't even mention that on the old e-trexes they're always recording there's no start and stop so it actually the way we set them up you can pause the record and start it again pause it so i think someone just wanted something to record an accurate track of with the trip computer showing how far they've gone and that speed and that who maybe doesn't own a, a smartwatch a, a gps watch so here's a question for you then andy if you're, if you're an ultra event so we get we sell a lot of gps units people doing ultra events multi-day events and this kind of thing and and often they're forced to use a gps unit even though they don't want to and therefore they go for the trex 32x because they see that the benefits of that is it runs off double a batteries etc etc it's good on batteries it's easy to use would you prefer a e-trex se for that kind of activity, or a E-Trex 32X? The only advantage over the 32, to me, is the colour screen where you could put some OS maps on, yeah. or some open source maps. But it's a smaller screen, you're not seeing, it's not the same as maybe just bringing a, 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 an app quickly on a phone, just to quickly check where you are. I'd mm. never, I'm not one, we're not, when people say, oh, you're bound to be against apps because you sell GPSs, you know we're not, we've all got apps on my phone, but we know if we were doing not even an ultra event, just a, a walk during the day where battery would be dead, there's nothing wrong with 
check them quickly where you are we're a bit sure unsure of the route here let's bring up this map on an app but i want something that's going to go the whole time recording the activity being able to pause it very accurate still have the route on fair enough it's not a map but still seeing in general yep i'm on the black line i'm on that route that the organizers have sent me i don't necessarily need the color maps for someone who's maybe more into the map and compass and um, which is nothing but we take map and compass with us all the time as well as backup I think, yeah, definitely a cracking unit. And it's 168 hours batch life. I think that's a key thing. So you're doing the spine challenge race for myself, which is going to be, what, 60 hours? Um, yeah, 60 hours. Yeah. Well, this has got 168 hours of battery life. So this thing is going to do that three times over, isn't it? It's 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 it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. Compared to a 32X, which you could be changing your batteries every 15 hours, aren't you? Here's another thing to throw at you, just in general discussion. You know, I love the Garmin watches. I'm looking, you know, the Chorus watch I'm testing, I'm loving, you know. I love having a watch and a hand held together. Someone who's not wanting to spend that money on a watch or doesn't fancy that GPS watch for whatever reason, not the watch isn't for everyone, they already own a handheld with color maps but it could be an older handheld with os maps where they know they've got to constantly change batteries if they want it recording all the time but actually they just want to turn that gps on to get the map up the color map see where they are check and turn it back off but they would like something to be constantly recording yeah. so in their head just to give them something different to just they may have a timex watch where you know like the iron man watch with a stopwatch i know people use that on events but with something like the se you're going to have all those data boxes with average speed, your current speed, things that help you when you're doing that type of event. Even if you're not really following the route in it, if you load the route in it, you'll have data, you can set data boxes with distance to end, estimated time of arrival, things like that. So I think that a customer who's potentially, it might seem crazy having two handhelds, but they've got that handheld that may be an older device where they're not getting the 160 odd hours. They don't want to get rid of it. They're happy using it. They're using it to bring the colour maps on when they turn it on. But they now want someone to record the whole journey mm -hmm. and be able to check how they're doing time-wise. And because, of course, you can pause this one. Um, bear in mind, you might want to keep the timer going, I suppose, so you know what time you're doing. It's not a bad idea as a second unit to have it running all the time. But Does that make sense? That's right. And a lot of people used to have the old E-Trex 10 as a second unit just in case. But this is now a second unit, but more leading it for that full-time recording just down to that battery life. So I'm fascinated. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how it fits into our, our walking experience. I'm thinking, do you know what? For some of those longer walks where we're doing a long-distance trail, where frankly you kind of know where you're going to go. You may have wrecked it or something like that. You just need that reassurance. Something like that kind of ticks the boxes. Yeah. What I should do in a couple of weeks' time, I'm doing a training, um, couple of, uh, not this weekend, the weekend after, I'm going to do a 62-mile of the country, uh, uh, the coastal path, sorry, mm -hmm. Northumberland is one of my training routes for the Montane, and I'm going to try and do it under 24 hours, you know. So just be in that. Always, I think that's always a good guide when you say to someone, look, I haven't had a chance yet to go out and test it for 60, 70 hours nonstop, but actually I did this training event where it was during the day and in the night when it's cold. Uh, I've left it on all the time. Fair enough, the screen going dim after so long recording for mm -hmm. what would be about 20, I'm hoping to do it in under 24 hours, but you know, Andy, 22, Andy, Andy, 20. 22 and a half hours is what you're going to be. That's that's what the man sat opposite you did it in 22 and a half hours. So. Could, but if I take this one with us, I'll, um, I know, I know the watch I'm wearing, I'll yeah, do yeah. that. I'll know me 67 I'll do that. I will yeah, have the 67 yeah. I with us. But interestingly, I'll, I'll take this one, um, if no one else is using it, and I'll leave it recording mm -hmm. and with 100% battery. And I'll just put a decent set of, yeah, yeah. say, the rechargeables we sell, the Energizer. Mm -hmm. and at least at the end, I can say, 
well, I did 20-odd hours doing this, and this is what battery life mm-hmm. I've got. Mm-hmm. So we'll do that. And, uh, but I, know, I think a really great backup unit and something different for someone who's not wanting some of the other products we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find out more about the Garmin GPS, oh, sorry, not GPS, but it's the Garmin E-Trex SE, just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk. Click on GPS Store on the top menu bar, then Handheld GPS Units. Next thing on this month's GPS Training Podcast is an update on the Motorola Defi, 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 the budget satellite communicator. I put this in because the last podcast we did, I think it was two months ago, we raved about the price and everything that uh, that was happening and we've had a massive amount of interest in this product. It was going to be launched mid April. Well, it is now going to the start of May and it's still not there. Um, I was originally told it was going to be the end of April and then I was told it was going to be mid-May. Um, I've been told all sorts of things. It's actually quite funny. It's actually Thursday uh, we're recording the podcast. Um, literally, um, we we're going to record the podcast this morning. It's now four o'clock in the afternoon. We have a bit of a busy day, so we're kind of, it's been taking a while to get out. Since I started writing the notes of what we discussed the podcast, I had a very nice email saying, John, I hope you, were well. I hope you have been well. It's been a while since we last spoke. Are you free tomorrow or early next week so I can give you an update on the MDSL and arrange a date for you to test it, which is the Motorola Defy. So I'm actually, um, I was going to sit here and, and kind of say, what's going on here? Because I've had a lot of people say, oh, what's going on? When's it going to come? I've heard lots of rumors in the rumor mill about prototypes not well, not hitting the marketplace, etc., etc., and the phone without the technology, uh, with the technology built in, not actually being launched yet, and everything's being delayed. So um, this time tomorrow, I will actually know a little bit more what's going on. I'll pop it in the newsletter when I do. It's actually quite interesting because I say I, I was going to sit here going, just everybody be cautious because I say I'm getting so many people asking me. Um, you guys from the podcast, other people saying, when's it going to be here? No, it's originally supposed to be mid-April. Now it's um, May time. Um, so hopefully by then I'll know a little bit more about it. I'm, I'm saying it's a lot of interesting because this is a two-way satellite communicator that's coming in for £150, which is just mind-blowing when, we're, when we've been um, we've been talking about some of the, the Garmin products. And that's with a 12-month contract as well. So... We'll see what's going to happen. There'll be an update in our newsletter. If you don't sign up to our newsletter, please just go to our website and sign up. Uh, sign up for the newsletter, um, and then we can um, we can hopefully keep you updated as uh, as things go forward. So, fingers crossed, it will come to market sooner rather than later. As soon as uh, we get a working prototype of it, which it sounds like it's very imminent, uh, we'll be able to do some reviews and video reviews, or anybody do some video reviews for the website, and uh, we'll get to grips with it. So that's where we are with the Motorola uh, two-way satellite communicator. So fingers crossed that comes out in the next few weeks and we get ourselves updated about it. So next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is Andy's top tips. So, Andy... Going to start with the 67. Kate, and I've got an extra tip for the 67 I'm throwing in just because I keep getting asked this question the last few weeks. So first tip's a nice simple one. If you bought your 67 units and you've updated the software to the latest version, which came out um, a couple of weeks after launch, so in your main menu, you can go set up and about. And if you've got version 4.80, they've added some new glances to the power button so when you tap the power button once and you scroll down you'll see some options where you can turn on and off wi-fi and bluetooth get the weather data but i often get asked oh the unit's got a flashlight how do i turn the torch on now i know you can go to the main menu and in the main menu you should see flashlight where you can use it as sos or flashlight 
If it's not in the main menu, you can select add page and add flashlight, but they've added it now to the, the little widget. So if you simply tap the on off button on your 67, 67i, as long as you've got the new version of software, which you get from Garmin Express or just from being connected to the Garmin Connect app or Wi-Fi um, on your phone, you'll see the flashlights there. So tap the on off button and you just move the up and down arrow down to flashlight, press enter, torches on the back of the unit. It's just an emergency torch and then you turn it off by repeating the process. This is both the 67 and the 67 yeah, eyes. They both of them have that torch on. Yeah, so it's just a quick way of getting to it. You can get it from the main menu and in your main menu you should see flashlight there or you simply click add page and scroll down to flashlight but it's now available by tapping the on off button and you will see a few extra shortcuts there as well that weren't there at launch if you've updated it to software version 4.80. Brilliant. So I'm going to do another tip on the 6 Go on, what's your other tip for the 67 67, then? we've had a lot of calls from customers who use Mac computers um, and it's just to make you aware, it's, it's just something, the way, the way things are moving with some of the ways we communicate with the devices. 67 device, you can do a lot of stuff without using a computer. They're expecting us now to use a lot more of the Garmin Connect app and the Explore app to send stuff to the device. If you connect your 67 or 67i to a Windows computer, it'll be found just in your file explorer, just as normal as a drive. If you are using a Mac, the 67 uses a protocol that's not detected. It's just the Garmin have went for what they're saying is a more secure protocol, MTP, that Macs don't use. So if you have got a Mac and you want to see your device as an external drive, you'll have to download something like Android File Transfer, which if you search Mac forums, there'll be loads of people on Mac forums talk about Android file transfer. Um, so that was just an extra thing if anyone is wanting to see the 67 as a as a drive on a Mac, you'll need a third party program like Android file transfer. It's nice to see a second tip is for the other new year was eTrex SE on theme and on brand this week yeah. and so or this month rather eTrex SE. What's yeah. your top tip for so that? So I've already put a request into Garmin for something on the SE in the requests because what I've noticed is the SE doesn't have tones so the, the old the old e-trex 10 and 20 uh, didn't have tones either it'll also be do with saving battery so when it's paired with your phone if someone was to ring you and your phone was in your bag or send you a text the notification will come through now on my 67 unit i get a little beep and i hear it vibrate now with e-trex 10 what sorry the e-trex se what happens is i got one of my colleagues in the office to send me a message earlier because i couldn't remember how long it stays on the screen it's about 20 25 seconds but you think if you're walking along and it's strapped on your rucksack and you haven't looked at it for 10 minutes 20 minutes and you necessarily haven't heard your phone ringing there's no indication once that message has disappeared that you've got a notification so my suggestion to garmin was along the top of the menus where you can see your battery life maybe a little symbol that shows there's a notification you haven't read I would hope that might come in a future update. But my little tip was, if you've been potentially thinking, oh, did I hear my phone ringing? Oh, it's at the bottom, it's in my rucksack. I don't want to get it out. It's not very nice weather at the minute. What you can do on your SE just to check to see if there's any notifications is you've got a little shortcut button. It's on the right-hand side of the unit. It's the back arrow button. You hold that back arrow button in for a couple of seconds and it lets you get to some shortcuts and you simply move your down arrow down to one that says notifications press OK, and if you've got any new notifications, they'll be in there. Please note, if you do get your phone out your rucksack and then clear the notification off your phone, you actually do then clear off the eTrex SE. So it's just a way you can go and check 
for notifications. Fingers crossed Garmin will take my idea on, on board and maybe have a little box somewhere along the top that shows you there's a notification waiting. Fantastic. So to find out more top tips, do sign up to our GPS training online resource packed full of videos and top tips. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk and click on, on res online resource on the top menu bar. And finally, many thanks for listening to this month's GPS training podcast. If there's anything you would like us to cover in future episodes, please do get in touch. And please do get in touch if you're ever thinking of buying an outdoor GPS unit. Give us a call, drop us an email, and we'll help you in whichever way we can. Please also don't forget we do physical courses around the country from South Downs, New Forest, all the way up to Scotland. So we're busy delivering our two-day Garmin course, and we've got a one-day SatMap course as well, which we're currently just doing in the northeast of England. So if you want to get in grips with your GPS unit, please come on one of our two-day training courses or alternatively, if you uh, are not wanting to travel um, to a location, we do courses over Zoom as well. We do a two-hour Zoom one-to-one, -one, which are phenomenally busy at the moment. If you do like the podcast, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on. And if you can leave us a snazzy review, that is always very much appreciated. So many thanks, Andy, for joining me on this GPS Training Podcast and good luck for what sounds like an epic journey next weekend. And uh, training yeah. is fast approaching the Spine Challenge race, isn't it, Andy? Mm, we've got, so, is, uh, is, is it seven weeks on seven Friday? Weeks seven weeks on go. Saturday, and we're doing the Montaine Spine so, Challenger. Uh, mm, the sun will be shining, hopefully. Yeah, it'll be good. <laughs> <Plenty> <laughs> training still to do, but uh, yeah, no, it should be the coastal one. I, I have got a couple of friends who might be joining me on the night sec section, but I think they're trying to whittle out of it now, so, so it might just be me on my own, but... Uh, you know, it'll be good fun. Very good. Anyway, thanks everybody for joining me on, or joining us on the podcast. If there's anything we can help you with going forward, please do get in touch. Thanks for listening to the GPS Training Podcast, the monthly podcast keeping you up to date with everything in the world of outdoor GPS navigation.